Welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. I'm Daniel Lazar, the founder and faculty advisor to the Ideas Club, and I am here live and well in what room is this? B313. I am with two splendid members of the Ideas Club and four Ukrainian students here at the John F. Kennedy School. Perfectly good company indeed. And I'm really excited to explore with them their stories, their lives in Berlin, and their lives at JFK. But before I do, I would want our dear listeners to know that we have a whole lot going on here in Ideasland. Uh, as you know, it's always our goal to create and conduct two lessons a month. In September, we held a sweet lesson about Rosh Hashanah in grade three before diving into the problems of Yom Kippur with a grade 11 class. And by problems of Yom Kippur, I mean the, the problem of religious affiliation and religious expression in the secular world, and also the, the problem of forgiveness. So that was September, and in the short month of October, what with fall break and all, um, we just had some lessons in the elementary school about how to build nurturing and empathic friendships, and by contrast, how to avoid toxic friendships. And I'm told that those lessons went spectacularly, uh, both from the students who conducted those lessons and from their teacher. So pretty cool stuff there. We're also in the throes of editing a new journal. A new journal is coming out. We have some 15 articles to edit for precision and concision this week before we turn it over to Zara Lu for design and layout. We hope to have this journal published real soon. Very excited about it. And we also have a few podcast projects in the works, but you'll hear about those soon enough. For now, I just want to remind you that if you support the IDEA's mission, our mission being to foster a safe but a challenging space to discuss and to celebrate diversity, then we just want to urge you to head over to buymeacoffee.com slash jfksideas. That's buymeacoffee.com slash jfksideas. Uh, with your support, we can purchase a Zoom microphone, more suitable to recording group discussions like this than the microphones that we have. And for a long time, we've wanted to buy an ideas banner for when we present ourselves to the community. So if you care about the work these kids are doing and you have the means to support ideas, please head over to buymeacoffee.com slash jfksideas. The link is in the show notes. That, I think, is all the business we needed to tend to. Is that right, Marla? Um, yep, pretty sure. Sina, did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. Cool. With that said, we have on the other side of the tables from us for splendid Ukrainian students at the Kennedy School. First, just to get the thing rolling, could you just tell us your name and where you're from in Ukraine? Hi, my name is Eugene Lebedin. I'm from Ukraine, from Kiev, which is the capital of Ukraine. Good day, everybody. My name is Anton. I'm from uh, Ukraine, from Kiev's region, Irpin. Hi, my name is Polina Udovenko-Taylor. And I'm also from Kyiv. Uh, hello, my name is Tolik. I'm from Kharkiv. So if you would be so kind, can each of you in turn tell us the story of when and how you got to Berlin? So for the first couple of days after the 24th of January 2022, I stayed in Kyiv. 
Uh, then my family decided that we should head out to Germany. It was a really long road. It was seven days to Ukrainian's border, Western Ukrainian's border, then another seven days to Berlin. So first day I stayed up at my grandma's house. Then the next day I went to some Ukrainian city, then to another one. And uh, after that, I went to Moldova and then to, I guess, like five countries more. And then I went, we decided to, went to go to Berlin. Yeah. So my story of mo moving to Berlin is probably very different since I moved, um, I think, approximately eight years ago or so. Uh, I think I was eight or nine at the time and I didn't move because of the war. I was very lucky to move under... Uh, peaceful circumstances so I already had like a longer time to learn German and adjust uh, better as well. Have you been at this school a long time and I've just never seen you? Uh, no, I actually uh, joined this year. Okay, okay. I switched from a different German school in Berlin to JFK. Cool, great to meet you. Likewise. Uh, so I decided to leave Kharkiv when it was bomb attack in the center. Uh, we went to the train station. At first we went to Lviv and we wanted to go through border with Poland. But uh, there was a lot of people there and uh, the queue needed like a lot of time. And we decided to change border and try another. And uh, we chose Hungary border. Uh, that one was uh, much more easier. And yeah, that's all, I guess. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for all of those stories. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't ever imagine moving under um, any circumstances like so many of you had to. Yeah, next we were wondering how it felt like showing up at JFKS for the first time. What was your sort of first impression of the school? Was it hard to adjust? Yeah. So JFK's was a completely new experience for me. I have never been in any other school than my Ukrainian school. I have never studied in English. I have never been uh, in one environment with German and American students. And it was a new experience. So far, I really like it here. I enjoy it here at JFK's and everyone has been so friendly to me. I'm really grateful for that. I have to ask, your English is great. I should tell the listeners that I'm, I'm grateful to have you as my student. They don't know that. Where'd you pick up the English? I took many English courses in Ukraine and that's basically it. I didn't have any uh, experience living in the US or in England, England or here. Yeah. Quite remarkable. Anton, you showed up first day at JFK. When was that and what did it feel like? Um, it was somewhere in April. So first I thought like, uh, I was really scared. Uh, I was anxious of going here because uh, I think I couldn't speak English uh, properly. I had like level of English B1 or something. And I thought uh, I won't be able to speak with anybody. But apparently it wasn't that hard. I think I have adjusted kind of fast. And um, I find JFK just really great school. I think it's, it's better than mine, at least in Ukraine. 
Um, yeah, so uh, as I said, my experience is probably very different because uh, I moved schools from a German school in Berlin and I was also very excited to go here uh, and explore, I guess, the more bilingual side of myself because I have an American father as well. Uh, so I was definitely privileged because I could already speak German and English. Um, so it was still a very great experience getting to know many students and getting the experience of going to JFK. Paulina, at the school you attended before this year, your first year at JFK, were there Ukrainian students that came and joined your previous school? And if so, what was that experience like? Um, yeah, uh, there were actually quite a lot of Ukrainian students at my old school. Uh, that experience I would describe as rather negative because um, those Ukrainian students were forced by the school to take Russian classes, assuming that they already spoke Russian including classes of like Russian history, etc., which I was also forced uh, to take. That was not very pleasant, but uh, a lot of Ukrainian students were pretty strong how they handled that. And I'm also very glad that the, well, like while the atmosphere at my old school was still more or less welcoming here, I feel like it's definitely much more like better and respectful of Ukrainian experiences as well. Uh, so at first I was very scary because I have never changed school in Ukraine. I was in my school since first grade uh, and I have never speak with English speaking people. But uh, the students was very nice to me and like I very appreciate it and still appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to hear that your guys' experiences at JFK have been relatively good. Um, I guess now I would like to ask how have the teachers been able to kind of accommodate to your particular challenges? May that be language or just, yeah, your experiences generally. Okay, Talek, maybe we'll start with you this time. Uh, teachers totally accommodate the thing. Uh, they allow me to use dictionary, even with the phone, and yeah, they totally accommodate. You were my student last year. Yeah. I enjoyed having you quite a lot. You suffered through my class, as everybody does. Should I have done more to accommodate you? Should I have shortened assignments? Should I have given you different assignments? You know, you and I communicated a little bit, but I, I, I'm never quite sure if I approached it the right way. You're not my student anymore, so you can speak as freely as you want, of course. What do you think? I guess you did a lot. For me, at first, American history was super hard lesson. But for the end in the year, to the year, I really got it. And I want to say thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. But really, should I have shortened assignments, 10-page dense texts in English? And I'm just like, good luck, buddy. What do you think? But like, yes, this was hard, but this thing uh, raised my English level. So, yeah. All right. All right, cool. For you, your case is so much different. Do you have something you'd like to say? Um, if so, we'll hand it over to you. Um, well, seeing as I haven't been um, at the school for very long, I haven't had that many experiences. But uh, I'd say I had a positive experience, for instance, with my politics teacher, since uh, when discussing like the current events in Israel and Palestine, 
she allowed me to um, like research more uh, like less explicit topics so that uh, she like she was very nice and considerate of uh, my past experiences that could like potentially be triggering or something so I'd say teachers are pretty nice in that regard as well Yes, yeah, so the teachers will, were also really kind and they allowed to use uh, phones, again, like in Talek's case, uh, online dictionaries. And it's, yeah, it really helped, it helped a lot. Uh, then um, about uh, Mr. Lazar was also my previous uh, teacher. He was also my... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he also helped a lot, but... Yeah, there there was no reason to make the assignments short. And uh, those texts would help us to understand what you're talking about. So for me, language was a big challenge in the beginning. But I'm grateful uh, to my teachers for not calling on me too much in the beginning. They gave me time to adapt to this new learning experience. And uh, they gave me time to uh, get to know my class better before I felt comfortable to answer some questions in the class. Yeah, once again, thank you for all of your responses. Yeah, coming into a new space is always, you know, super daunting and super scary. How much do you feel like you have been um, accepted and welcomed by your fellow students? Have you felt like it's been relatively easy to sort of find your place in the school community? Um, yeah, starting with Eugene. In the school, the support the students and teachers give me, it makes me feel like I stand out a bit. And uh, it's like the imposter syndrome when you feel anxious because of the attention you may get and the fact that you are not like the others around you. Yeah, that's what I feel. Can I ask about that briefly? How would you want your classmates and the school community to approach this? Because it's really tricky. On one hand, you are part of, you know, the JFK community. We want you here and we're happy that you're here. But I know what you're saying, right? It can make you anxious and the whole imposter syndrome thing. So what advice or perspective can you share with the students at the school for how to kind of walk that road with you? For me, it would be more comfortable if not as much attention was focused on the fact I'm from Ukraine and all these things happen to my country and are happening right now. But in general, there's not much you can do about this. I'm still going to be here because of war. I'm still going to be from a different culture. I'm still going to be stolen from the environment I was in before and forced into this new environment. So there's not much you can do about it. At the same time, I feel like everybody around me really tries to be nice and tries to be their best selves in relation to uh, us Ukrainians. Uh, so basically, students were very uh, welcome. I would say super welcome, like over welcome. And uh, I find it really uh, kind of... Mm, unfair for example to other students and it's not like unfair it's not really comfortable to be different from somebody and uh, 
Yeah, and other things about like how to make friends at the school, we have to understand that uh, already in high school, I think friendships, they're being formed uh, when you're kind of younger, like really strong friendships. And uh, yeah, that's what I'd like to say. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so for me, I feel like uh, the welcoming part obviously was easier because um, I could say I had this sort of disguise of knowing the language and seeming as if I do fit in. Um, however, it still doesn't change the fact that I still have the experiences of having my family still live in Ukraine and have my country be in war, stuff like that, which uh, still kind of adds a sort of um, a layer of distance maybe when talking to other people because they obviously have very different values and different experiences. But I would say my experience was pretty positive because the friends that I have made here were very respectful when asking about uh, my experiences with the war in Ukraine and um, just in general also not bringing up the topic if I, for instance, like in everyday life, feel less like addressing the uh, obviously sad and traumatic things that uh, I wouldn't want to usually think about. Uh, for me, I was totally open for that question. I was happy to share my culture with other people and yeah, I was happy to do this. Yeah, totally. People can always ask me for uh, what's happening in Ukraine right now and about the war. Uh, they can all, always ask me about the culture. Yeah, everything. I'm totally open. I think that starting a conversation with a person you barely know by a topic that can be traumatic to them is not something you should do. So it's not that it feels uncomfortable for me to talk about this. It's just that some students may think this topic is really hurtful to me, for example, this topic about the war in Ukraine. They may think it's really hurtful to me and they may be really careful with what they ask, with what they say, with uh, what topics they themselves want to talk with me about, yeah. If they want to know what my experience is, it's fine. I will tell them what it was like to live through this part of my life. I will tell them it's fine. But I think that when you don't know a person you're going to talk to about this, it's not a great topic to start with. You should start with a topic more uh, like, uh, for example, like the weather. The topic that is present right now that makes sense to talk about right now, that you would talk to any other stranger, not only to a Ukrainian, but to any other stranger you could see. Yeah. I heard all of you say that you're totally welcome to conversations at any time about Ukrainian culture, the war, you name it. That sounds really hard to me. You're pretty confident though that you can handle that burden. Is that what I'm hearing? You could say so, yeah. yeah. What about teachers in class? You know, you're in my history class. Sometimes we're trying to compare past and present. You're in an English class. You're reading about children of war in an essay or a book. 
what lines should teachers seek to draw in light of the difficulties of your biographies? For me, the only problem I see with teachers touching this topic of Russia-Ukraine conflict or using the past in the history class to talk about the present is that when you talk about Ukraine in your class, all attention is going to be focused on you. And sometimes people don't like this much attention and they're, they can feel anxious about so many people, uh, so many people thinking about them as soon as the word Ukraine or Russia is said in class. And that's what I feel uncomfortable about. I feel uncomfortable about this amount of attention brought to me in class. And sometimes I just don't want to uh, feel this. Uh, so Eugene covered it, like what I wanted to say, uh, covered the topic. And basically, yeah, a lot of attention is being put on you. And uh, yeah, as soon as, you hear, as somebody hears like, as soon as they say, uh, Ukraine, something, or Russia, everybody's turning, like, heads on you, like, yeah, and uh, it's sometimes uncomfortable. Does that mean that teachers shouldn't talk about it, or what does that mean? I mean, what is your message to teachers who want to share in these conversations, but also don't want to make you anxious or uncomfortable? I'd say the main thing for teachers as well as students is that uh, when they approach with questions or topics, that it's more with like a genuine curiosity and lack of judgment, for instance, or uh, obviously for teachers, I would prefer if they do bring up the topic of Ukraine or uh, the conflict between Ukraine and Russia in class, that they're more well-informed because obviously with media and everything, it's there could be a lot of misinformation going around. And I think it would be very uncomfortable for a Ukrainian student uh, to hear something that's that they know to be false in a class or from other students. So I'd say that would also be a great aspect to like lighten the uh, atmosphere for the experience for a Ukrainian student. Um, okay, yeah, we've um, covered a lot of very interesting questions now, and I guess it's, this is a more sort of tough and more real one in a way, but um, I think it's interesting to ask nevertheless, how do you feel about going back to Ukraine? For me, at first, I want uh, my city to be rebuilt, and uh, I want a good accommodation in city to live there. Uh, my goal for future is to end university here and went back to Ukraine, yeah. To be honest, uh, personally, I'm not looking forward to uh, returning to Ukraine due to the new rules, for example, of universities that now you're not allowed to uh, study for free. That's one of the reasons. I think it, it, it is already better to get an European education rather than Ukrainian. And then just about like personal interests for example i want to learn german finally i want to travel i want to do stuff i don't want to be sticked around to ukraine yes 
So I have been in Berlin for one and a half years and I have changed completely. So when you take a person out of an, an environment and put them in a completely new environment for a long time, changes will happen. And this change for sure happened to me because when I look back at who I was in Ukraine, I can't believe that that was really who I was, that I have changed so much. And right now, all my life is built around Berlin. So all my hobbies, everything, my school is here in Berlin. And I can't imagine coming back to Ukraine like in a year. I can't imagine applying for a school again. I can't imagine uh, looking for a university when I uh, graduate. I can't imagine starting the life all over again like it happened in 2022, but this time coming to back to Ukraine. And that's why I don't see that much motivation and I uh, don't feel a strong emotion that I want to come back, even though I probably will if uh, everything turns out well. I will still come back because I have a lot of things left in Ukraine. I grew up in Ukraine and uh, all the places that are really close to my soul are still in Ukraine. That's why I want to come back. So on behalf of Sina and Merlina, I just want to thank you all so much for being so engaged, being so vulnerable, being so generous with your time. There's nothing we can do to um, repay you for your time, but I will give you this opportunity. We want to give you the opportunity, as is tradition on the Ideas podcast, to wrap up with an endorsement. Anything that you've been reading, listening to, watching, anything that you've kind of been into lately, you can share that with our podcast audience. So we'll take it one at a time, starting with Tolik. What would you like to endorse? Uh, check my songs on SoundCloud, nickname Tolik from Future. Nickname Tolik from Future. We will link to it in the show notes. Make okay. sure to send it to me. Okay, thank you. I guess something that ha I've been uh, keeping up with uh, like since the very beginning of the full-scale invasion in 2022 is a quite reliable organization in Berlin. It's called Vice, um, spelled... V-I-T-S-C-H-E, uh, you can find them on Instagram. And they do a bunch of um, organizations such as protests or uh, podcasts as well, where you can hear uh, like so many uh, like viewpoints and opinions and explanations or uh, on more detailed and complex topics. So I'd say very good. Vicha, we'll link to it in the show notes. Anton, what would you like to share with our listening audience? Uh, please, if you want to hear really nice music, listen to Tolly from the Future. <laughs> uh, he's a really nice guy. His songs are amazing. There is also a Telegram channel with uh, Tolik. And uh, yes, that's what I would like to say. Link where? In the show notes, of course. Naturally. And last but not least, we have a double endorsement for Tolik's music. Incidentally, Tolik, we shared a classroom for a year, and this is the first time I heard about the music. I started only in the summer. You started only in the summer. Okay, well, this is exciting. I can't wait to hear it. I don't know how you will find it. I don't know if you will find the translation, but you should definitely watch the soap opera of Ukraine of 2010s. Yes. <laughs> There's a soap opera. 
of Ukraine in general, like yeah. oh, just the like the the cultural, political soap opera of Ukraine. Not necessarily political, just any maybe drama, maybe like comedy. There is different. <laughs> there is a lot. You can choose anything. Oh, with a big corrupt bureaucrat as at center stage, perhaps. Is this what we're thinking about? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. My friends, it has been really, truly a pleasure and dare I say an honor to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. On behalf of Sina, on behalf of Merlina, on behalf of the Ideas team, thank you. And dear listeners, thank you for listening. Of course, if you support this project and you have a few bucks to spare, or of course, the Ukrainian currency, the Grivna, uh, you can donate Grivna, euro, dollars, shekels. <laughs> Take your pick to buymeacoffee.com slash Ideas. The link's in the show notes. So much going on with ideas. A couple of podcasts coming down the pipe. We're going to have, what is it, Marlena, two or three over the next month? I believe it's two as far as I know, but we'll see. <laughs> two plus this one. Yeah, three, three over the next couple of weeks. So please do tune in for that. All right, y'all, this was real. Thank you so much. Say bye, Merlina. Bye. Say bye, Merlina. Oh, <laughs> you dad joking me here? Uh-huh. Bye, Merlina. Say bye, Sina. Bye, Sina. 